You're listening to the 411 on Mousecapades Radio. It's my station. The following is an original production of the Mousecapades Radio Network. Happy Friday, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Kaylee. We pray that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 735. And you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Before we get started, we'd like to remind you that the Mousecapades podcast is part of the Your Story Travel Company. At Your Story Travel Company, we can plan a magical trip for you on just about any budget. It only takes a $200 refundable deposit to hold your ticket and resort reservation. Text mom for a free quote at 636-373-4497. Just a reminder that 2023 packages are now on sale. All right, Kaylee. So since Disney reopened from the pandemic way back in July of 2020, which we're coming upon, or we are almost two years from when they reopened from the pandemic, a lot of things were closed and slowly but surely Disney's trying to open those things back up to bring a sense of normalcy to Disney World. Although I'm not sure that the world will ever be completely normal after the pandemic. I don't know about you, but that's kind of how I feel. I feel like we're always going to have a sense of when there's something, a lot of people get sick, then we're all going to get sick and, you know, that kind of thing. Cause that never happened in my lifetime. So I think that's in the back of my mind, but all the time on the show, we talk to you guys about rides and attractions, the fireworks, the nighttime shows, all the things that most people think about when they're going to Disney world. But what you may or may not realize is that there are extra things that you can do at Disney World when you're visiting. Now, of course, sometimes that means more money, but if you're going on this trip, you want to get the most of it, especially if it's gonna be your one and only trip and you want to know as much or do as much as you can while you're there. So in this episode, Kaylee and I are going to talk to you about things that you can do beyond the parks or within the parks that you didn't know you could do at the happiest place on earth. So first on our list of things today are VIP tours that guests can take. Now, before we get into the tours, you're probably thinking it's got probably a steep price tag because it is a VIP tour. They can cost anywhere from $425 to $850 per hour and that does not include the park ticket so this is on top of what you're already paying to get in the park which is we all know a lot and the price depends on the demands for the tour and whether it's a weekday a weekend a holiday there's lots of variables so it's not just like a flat rate all the time the price does not include gratuity either so you also want to plan for that in advance and most I would assume most Disney cast members are very well trained and these people, um, Disney knows they're making the big bucks for them. So most of them are going to be really good. So I would make sure you plan that gratuity because those cast members, they're going to probably make a great experience for you, even though you are paying a lot. Now, if you've been to Disney World before, you may have seen cast members walking around in the plaid jackets or vests. You may have seen just random ones every now and then and thought like they kind of looked out of place, like they don't really match anybody around them. Or if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you may have heard us mention that we want to walk around with a plaid. 
And what that means is a cast member dressed in plaid gives you the personal tours of the parks. So when you see a cast member in plaid, usually you know like, oh, somebody's getting a VIP tour that's around them because they have to stick with those people. So you know like, hey, that's a VIP person. And, and it comes with perks too. I mean, that seat price tag, when you're with the plaid people, it allows you to skip lines sometimes. Um, and that's at most of the like really, really loved attractions like Rise of the Resistance and Slinky Dog and uh, Flight of Passage, Remy's, all the ones that everybody wants. It doesn't always guarantee you that, but like you're paying that seat price tag per hour. So you could just say, we want you to like get us on these rides and you could try to rip through rides if you wanted. The tour is for up to 10 people. And if you split the cost, it wouldn't be that bad, but it does have to be booked for a minimum of seven hours, but you can book the tour for up to 10 hours. And that just re recently changed, Kaylee. It, it was 12. You could do it up to 12 hours. And I don't know if it's because we're not completely back to normal with all the hours. And cause I mean, really think about it. There's only a couple parks that continually are open for 12 hours. Ah, uh, maybe it gives Disney some buffer, kind of like you're saying where if they want to change their park hours, because like we were saying, sometimes we're, we've gotten on the app before and been like, it said it was going to be open till this and now it's open till this. And a lot of times that means they're extending their hours, but sometimes it can mean they shorten. So maybe not going to the highest length that they're open and saying like, hey, you could book this for as long as like a park is open. It gives them wiggle room. Right. And so the other thing I was going to say is if you see a plaid in the park, I would just check out who's in the crowd because sometimes it's famous people. That is true. And for our listeners, this also is true in Disneyland. And am I correct? We're talking about Disney World, but they give these tours in Disneyland too, correct? Correct. I'm not sure if those are back because that has not been announced yet. I can check on that and put it on our rumors and news because they tend to do things a little bit slower, at least since the pandemic, some of the things they've done. And then there's other things that they got to have back before us like Fantasmic, but yeah. we will not digress on that in this show. I would just think for the tours, more people that are famous, like casually go to Disneyland. So I could see, especially once these tours are back, you would probably, if you catch one of these plaid people, you could probably catch a famous person pretty easy. True, you're probably right in California, but I do know that John Stamos goes to Florida a lot. And um, we did not, Paula Abdul did a private tour, but she did it at Universal. But so there are some guests that go there or Steven Tyler was there doing a private tour also. So you just never know. It doesn't hurt to like, check it out. Could be somebody famous. That's true. And then it could just be Joe Schmo that you don't know. Uh, <laughs> so um, prior to the day of your tour, your tour guide's gonna call you and talk through where you wanna meet, what parks you wanna go to, what rides or attractions you wanna visit during your tour. You don't have to go to every park if you don't want to. I would think if you're gonna do seven hours, you would at least pick two. And if you're gonna go 10 hours, I'd say go for four. All four parks, I would, if I had that money or if I was splitting it with people. And then the tour guide's gonna remind you that in order to go to the park, 
like Kaylee said earlier, you're gonna have to have a ticket and you have to have a park reservation because they can't help you with that part. That part has to be done prior um, to you booking this with them or prior to you coming so that you have that set in place. They can't, I mean, I'm sure they could do their Disney magic, but I'm not sure if they can. So we don't wanna mess with that. And then of course, if you're gonna do more than one park, they're also gonna tell you, you need a park hopper because that's just the standard, even though they're the ones gonna be driving you around. They're gonna be using their own transportation to get you from park to park. You're gonna go little back roads that you may not even know existed until you were on this tour. Now, they can pick you up at a resort, but it's the moment they pick you up, starts your time. So we recommend that you meet the tour guide in the park that you want to tour after you've scanned at the front gate. Like say, I'm gonna be at Magic Kingdom uh, by the fire department or fire station at this time, just meet me there. And I'll have on whatever shirt you're gonna wear or something, just so you're more visible for them. They may even ask you to send them a picture to make sure, because unfortunately we do have um, people that do fib about things and they might try to take your plaid person. So by doing that, you're gonna maximize your tour. You're not using part of your travel time with them. You will the rest of the time when you're moving from one park to another park. But right now you've already cut out some of it of the time you waited on the bus and all that business. Um, now we've ever taken this tour, but we've talked about it. We've talked about it a lot. We've watched YouTube videos about it. Um, you may want to also watch YouTubes about it. So it will help you understand and decide what kind of things that you want on your tour. Cause you may not have ever thought about that. And you may not want rides to be, or a lot of rides to be part of your tour. You may just pick some of like what Kaylee was saying, the best rides. They may be the ones that you want to ride. Um, again, this is all, they're gonna ask you all the questions, especially if this is the only time you think you're gonna possibly ever be able to go to Disney World. You want it to be the most fitting for your family or your group of friends. Now, they did say that anyone 17 or, oh, I mean, excuse me, 18 or over can come on the tour, but anybody that's 17 and under, you have to have an accompanied adult with you. So you couldn't just sign up two 12 year olds for this tour and send them on their merry way because Disney's not gonna allow that. So take that into consideration when you're considering how many people are in your party. Remember, it's no more than 10 with you. And while you're on the tour, this is very important. You cannot use any cameras, video equipment, phones, or recording equipment behind the scenes. Disney is very strict about ruining their magic. And I will attest to this. Again, if you've listened to the show, you may have heard this story. But when I went and sang there in college, we were behind the scenes. But let me just explain to you, there was nothing to look at. I was literally taking pictures of my friends, but it was behind the scenes, which is against their rules. So you don't take pictures. And so the lady didn't take my camera or my film because at the time it was uh, a disc camera actually that'll date me a little bit um and some of you won't even know what that is but she did say just a reminder you're not allowed to take pictures back here because this is behind the scenes um but my friends were standing in front of bushes regardless you have to listen to the rules because you don't want to get in trouble you also have to think that on this tour you're gonna have to eat so if you're really thinking ahead, trying to maximize your money, food is not included in the tour. So you're going to have to pay extra for that too. So this is going to be quite like the expense if you're wanting to do this. But if you're maximizing your time, you could mobile order your food while you're traveling with your guide. If you plan the, the food places ahead of time, like if you know where you want to order from, 
I know our family always does. Like I was taking turns, mom and I were, and I would get on the app and order everything. And I would mobile order all of our food while we were walking places because I was comfortable like doing that and navigating. Now, some people might be like, bro, don't be that person that's walking and navigating a phone. I made sure I wasn't doing it like in a super crowded space. If it was, I had to look or, you know, I'm small, I'm small, man. Some people might think I'm a kid. Unless they look at my face. I'm starting to age, hopefully enough to where they're like, you're an adult, not a child anymore. But all that being said, you do need to plan ahead for food because that's in your time. Like the eating is not include, like the food is not included and the time you're on the clock. Also, if you're on a ride or at an attraction, your tour guide can actually go pick up your food for you while you're on that attraction. So if you mobile order it, you can just tell them that you mobile ordered ordered it from wherever you can get on a ride. They'll go get it and bring it back, which is awesome. That's like a nice perk, at least. They're not buying it. <laughs> They're not buying it, but it's nice. Like it's a little like delivery service within the tour, which I mean, my whole thing is like you're paying a butt ton of money. You're paying tickets to get in. If you're park hopping, you paid extra for park hoppers. You're having to pay for your food still. Now you're paying all this money for this VIP tour. And yeah, you're getting like all this great stuff, but it's like, I'm looking for the little things that are like, what is filling in? Like, what is the fluff that my money is paying for? Kind of thing. Like, I know I'm getting a private tour, but that only goes so far, you know? So I like the fact that that's just something little that they're doing to maximize the time for you. While you're on a ride, they get you your food and then your food's ready. Like you don't have to walk, waste time walking to get it yourself. Now the tour guides or the plaids, sounds very fancy. I think we should call them plaid dash. You know, DoorDash only, Plaid Dash. No, that doesn't work. I like the plaids. It, it's kind of the same vibe as the plastics for Mean Girls. That's like my generation. No, I just mean we're, they're going to go dash and get our food while we're on a ride so we could call them the plaids dash. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I'm just being goofy. Okay. But they're the best part of the tours because they point out all the details and they are the ones with the knowledge. There's a reason they are the ones appointed to these jobs. They give the backstories that enhance the trip. So use them, like ask every question, every random thing that you would ask going through the park. Like, why is that painted that color? Why do they make it smell like this here? Why is that tree right there? Like the stupidest questions that you probably just like ask each other when you're walking places, it would not hurt to ask and you could have the answer. Show me where the hidden mitties are. Yeah, like all of these things because they have the knowledge to answer that. And honestly, if you're going with a family, it might be smart to kind of sit down, kind of like mom said, they're going to plan out your day with you, but it might be nice to have questions like a list that you want to ask them just so you're filling in that time. So there's not really dead space in your conversation because I'm sure they have plenty to share with you. But then if they're like, do you guys have any questions? Then you're not just kind of like, uh, it's like our students at school when we are like anything. I forgot. Bueller, something like that. So I would try to make a list of questions and think ahead of time of things you would like to know and then ask, then you'll got you'll have them ready. Now, if you're listening to us and you have done this VIP tour and you would like to chat with us about it and share how your experience was, we would love for you to text us at that number we mentioned, 636-373-4497, because we would like to hear firsthand experience so that we can advise others who would be considering this 
That way we're not just going off of pure information that we're reading. We actually have experience as well because that's always better. Yes, it definitely is. But um, I do hope to, sometime to do this. Um, maybe three or four years down the road, we'll do it. I know we talked about doing it at the convention, but I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do that because we're doing it with, um, we're doing a tour with a surprise person who we think we know who the surprise is, but we're, we're still calling it a surprise. Okay. <laughs> I think the surprise is for the new people. I don't think it's for the seasoned agents. I gotcha. So the next experience is a lot cheaper than the VIP tour that we talked about, but I, in my opinion, equally as cool. They have a fireworks cruise. And actually, Kaylee, I was strongly thinking about considering this for us when we go in October. You can help me decide. Okay, well, let's talk about it. Yeah, so the fireworks cruise is where you get a 25-foot chartered boat with a captain on the Seven Seas Lagoon or Bay Lake to watch Magic Kingdom's Disney enchantment from the water. Each boat ha is um, has synced audio of the show's music, so you're not going to miss out on that part. And you'll get the full experience, except for that you're looking at it from a different perspective. Plus, you get snacks and soft drinks. And then if you're celebrating a special occasion, you can get festive banners and balloons for an additional cost. They'll, of course, have them on there when you arrive. Um, you depart locations are located at the marinas at Disney's Contemporary Polynesian Village, Grand Floridian, Fort Wilderness, and Wilderness Lodge Resorts. So that's at the Magic Kingdom. But Kaylee's going to tell you about another experience. Now, you can also take a cruise at Epcot. You can get a chartered boat that sets sail from the World Showcase Lagoon, and that offers a new and unique angle to watch the harmonious nighttime show. Prices for both of these fireworks cruises start at $399 for up to 10 guests. This extra Disney experience is a lot more affordable, especially if you split it 10 ways. Each cruise is accompanied by a captain and includes assorted snacks and soft drinks. Festive banners and balloons are also included in the cost and they can be requested at the time of booking. So those aren't extra, like that's all inclusive. So that's really nice. Before you book this experience, you need to know the following things. You have to arrive an hour and 15 minutes before the fireworks start. The boats are not equipped with full-size dining tables. A cocktail table is provided, so really, really tiny. For guests with limited mobility, wheelchair ECD transfer is necessary, and there is a two-day cancellation policy. The full price will be charged and or forfeited for cancellations within two days of the reservations and for no-shows. So those are all really important things to know. So like if you had a reservation, Obviously, we know this comes with snacks and beverages, but it's not a meal. So if you had a dining reservation and it was kind of close to when you were doing this experience, you may want to consider moving your reservation. And doing winter. Yeah, doing an earlier meal because you do not want to cut it that close and risk losing all that money. Uh, now, I personally think this would be super fun to do because if you think about splitting it between 10 people, if you go with 10 adults, that's only 40 bucks a person. You're getting drinks and snacks. If you're doing an occasion, like all the stuff is included. You don't have to fight people in the park to get a seat to see the fireworks. You're seeing them from like the cool, a cool angle that like not a lot of people can say that they've seen it from because you're not in the park. You're on property, but you're not in the park. So I think that'd be cool. I will say, I think the listeners should consider if you're not a 
frequent Disney visitor. If you're seeing the fireworks at Magic Kingdom, I guess this could be true for Epcot as well. You may not be able to see as many of the visual aspects. Like at Magic Kingdom, if you're doing this boat excursion, you can't see the castle projections. And I'm right in saying that it includes projections now, correct? Correct. Because the shows used to be separate. It used to be like, oh, there's a projection show and then there's a fireworks show, but now it's one thing. Now, if you do the boat excursion, you can't see the projections. Like you're only going to be able to see the fireworks. But honestly, for the experience, like I'm not really bothered by that. We've seen it enough, but that could just be me being like super blessed. And we've gone enough times that I've seen the projections. And I'm like, I'm fine not seeing that. That's fine. But honestly, if they're going to be at the parks or if they're going to be there for about a week, they could see the projection show one night and do this as something on another night. That's true. Like if you really wanted to. I'm also just getting to that point now. My personality has changed. Thank you, pandemic. Yes. It through the pandemic and I think just as I've like aged out of college and things. And this is good for listeners to know, just knowing who you're going with. If you've got like super extroverted people going, they might really be excited to be around all those people waiting to watch for the fireworks and like really love the atmosphere of standing in the crowd of people watching. And I used to not be bothered by that so much. I even went by myself a few years ago, like without them, I went into the park myself and sat in the crowded street so I could see the New Year's Eve fireworks like on Main Street by myself. That's not me anymore. Like, I hate that. I don't really like being in the crowd. I am just kind of like, you know what? If we see the fireworks from far away, that's neat. But I don't really want to be like in the crowd of people anymore. It's not really worth it to me. I'm like, you know, it's fine. So knowing who you're going with and like, if your kids really aren't into fireworks, if they get scared during the summer when people are setting fireworks off. Like right now in the world? Yeah. Or in the United States anyway. If they don't like fireworks being set off, if they get scared by that noise, like if they don't really like that, don't plan an entire like portion of your day scheduled around this. Or maybe this would be the nice excursion for you because you'd be away from crowds. They'd be really far away and the noise isn't nearly as loud. Right. Because you're on the water. So it might be the best way for you and your family to enjoy it. So they're not so close. They're not overwhelmed, especially if you have a sensory or if you have, yeah, if you have like a sensory kiddo or just a sensory family member or friend, like whose senses get super overloaded with like people and sounds and light. This might be nice because then you're on the water away from everything. Right. So that's something to consider. If you have done this, just like with the VIP tours, if any of you have done the fireworks cruise, whether or not it was a good experience, we'd still love to hear about it. So that way, again, we have a personal experience to go off of rather than just going off of information and speculation. For real. So along the the route of boats, they have fishing excursions. They are now back. They've been gone for a long time now. Um, And we realized that that is not what people automatically think of when they think of going to Disney World. They don't say, wow, I'm gonna go catch fish at Disney World. However, there are people that love to fish. And so Disney realizes that just like they have people that love to play golf and they have places you can play golf. So I think this is really cool. And you can get a boat and go fishing by yourself or you can go on these fishing excursions and you'll have to catch and release bass fishing experience, excuse me. So you'll catch them, but then they make you release them, which I understand, but 
As a fisherman, I like to keep my own, <laughs> I like to keep my fish and have them for dinner, but apparently that's not a thing now. So now I guess I'm a bad person. I have no idea. I don't think you're a bad person. I think it's just for the like cultivating the nature there. So on your excursion, you have two choices. Um, the 21 foot pontoon boat and that seats up to five guests, or you can do the tournament style bass fishing boat, but that's only one to two guest seats. And the excursion lasts from two to four hours. You get to decide if the time is available and you can add an additional hour again, if the time is available. So you just need to check that out when you're calling to make a reservation for any of this. And if you have a travel agent, they will help you do that as well. Um, if you want some solo fishing time, you can do that at a discounted rate. It doesn't have to be a group necessarily because sometimes dads go and they have moms and girls that want to go to the park or go shopping and that, that gives them something else to do. Or the girls want to go fish. They can do whatever they want. I know. I was just saying, I was thinking of my dad. Each excursion includes an experienced guide, a rod and reel, tackle and bait and a selection of non-alcoholic beverages and i love this because we fly there and i know a lot of people fly there so they don't usually carry their rod and reel with them to take and so that's nice that disney has that as part of the um, excursion itself is just borrowing one and you can fish at disney's fort wilderness caribbean beach contemporary grand floridian old key west polynesian village wilderness village or excuse me, Wilderness Lodge and Yacht Club Resort. So there's several opportunities and places that you can go and you do not have to be staying at those resorts to make that reservation. It's just like dining. Just because you're not at that resort does not mean you can't use some of their amenities, especially ones that are gonna cost. Now, I would not say go to their pool because you will get in trouble if you try to go to a pool that is not your resort. But fishing, you, I'm sure they're happy to rent you a boat. Now, one thing that our family always purchases when we go on trips is the memory maker, which if the listeners don't know, that's where you buy the photo package that you buy, you pay a set amount of money and you get every picture that any cast member takes in the park. They scan your band, you get all of them. And you even get some stock photos too. They'll send you some stock photos as part of the package. But you can actually arrange a session with one of the Disney photographers for your own personal photo session when you visit Disney World. Now, I did not know this. It's a capture the moment mini photo session. You get to reserve a personalized 20 minute photo shoot. And that can be for any kind of moment. Like it can be an engagement, baby announcement, or it can just be just because like you got it just because you're there at Disney. They don't care. Sometimes you're just celebrating a family trip. The photos are not included in the session cost, but guests can get them through the memory maker or the guests can choose and download the pictures they want for a price. So if you've already purchased the memory maker, you're going to get all the pictures that the photographer takes, the one, the good and the bad, no matter if you like them or not, which is honestly, in our family's opinion, it's the better deal. Or if you don't want that option, you can just pick and choose the ones you want to buy individually. You get 20 minutes with the photographer or you can book the sessions back to back. You can have two in a row for $79 per session. You can choose two spots to take pictures within the park of your choice. And the maximum party size is eight for a session. So there is a limit. But I think this is a good choice. Like it's a good option to have. I do too. I mean, we need a new family picture because I know you, I finally got the one off the wall that was not you nine years old and then you changed your lifestyle and now you want me to get this one off the wall. 
I don't want to get off the wall. I think it's just hard to keep up with pictures, you know, because in pictures, they're, they're memories. That's like part of what it is. So I get that. It just stinks because like, I feel like we should only have one big family picture. Our problem is maybe the listeners like understand this, but you know, photo walls are a big thing. Like they became a big thing a few years ago. And so we have like this little wall that has like six photos on it. And it's like, if that was just one photo, that'd be easy to replace pretty frequently. But I feel like we have a lot of pressure because it's six photos like every time of us. And then it's like us with the cousins and us with the grandma. And like, it's just so much to replace every time that I feel like by the time we actually replace it, then we've all changed again, which that's just how time goes. Right. And well, one of them that's up there would, I can change it and I would have to put the picture somewhere else because that's the last Thanksgiving that we had with grandpa and Brandon. Yeah. So yeah. And again, yeah. And I just like that we have pictures from every trip. I kind of think it'd be cool if we got like a big frame that had now it'd be really expensive, but I think it'd be cool if we had a big frame and it'd be endless. Like we could never have a frame big enough because we've been to Disney a lot. We're very blessed. But if we had like a family picture from every trip that we've gone, would be cool to just have like one big frame that has one family picture in it. That way we don't feel like we always have to replace it and be like, oh, we need a new Disney photo over there. And it's just like, instead, we just have one frame that we always add a new picture to it. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Now I've heard this name of this restaurant pronounced a million different ways, but I'm gonna call it Citrico's because that's how I think you should say it. It's a restaurant at the Grand Floridian and it's been closed for a while, but it has reopened. And I don't think that that was advertised a lot. And so that is why I felt like this needed to be added to this episode because once again, some things are coming in and we don't even know about them. And I feel like they might be something that people wanna know about. So this is one of them. And it was refurbished in a Mary Poppins theme, much like if you've been paying attention, they are redoing our, they're, I think they're about finished with the DVC rooms. Those have been refurbished at the Grand Floridian in the Mary Poppins theme. And now they're getting ready to do the guest rooms in the Mary Poppins theme. So I think that they're trying to transform the Grand Floridian more into the Mary Poppins stuff so that it has a theming kind of to it. I know in in the past it didn't, but you know, they did that with Contemporary. They made it Incredibles and they, the Polynesian, they did Moana. So they, I think they want to connect all the resorts to something. So I'm interesting to see, interested to see what they're going to do with Wilderness Lodge because we don't have the Swiss Family Robinson anymore. And that's what I would have, would have thought that they would put it with it, but we'll have to wait and see what they do. But anyway, so that opened and it's, um, got floral patterns on the chairs and artwork featuring Mary Poppins, cherry blossom chandeliers. I know that the wallpaper heading into it has cherry blossoms on it because you know they lived on Cherry Tree Lane and there's winding leaves on the room separators. The chandeliers in the wine room feature an upside down version of Mary's umbrella and you can even check out her carpet bag which I think would be super cool. Um, This restaurant has the open kitchen like they do at the California Grill so you can watch the chefs working on your dinner and see all the Disney magic while you if you're an adult, drink fun cocktails, or if you're a child, drinking mocktails. And then some of the delicious food that is on their menu are a couple of the items are smoked duck breast 
and guava barbecue short ribs. So um, it still looks kind of fancy to me, but so does Grand Floridian Cafe. And as we know, you just wear your regular Disney clothes in there and it's okay to go in there, but it does look really nice. So again, this is something that's recently opened that if you did not know, and you're gonna be going soon, or you're thinking about booking a trip and you would like your agent to help you do it, Citricose is where I would go for something different. That sounds yummy. I wanna eat there. The problem is we're not gonna be there long enough to eat all the places that our family likes to eat, so. I need to clone myself so I can, solely for the purpose to eat at every Disney restaurant in one trip. You're gonna have to clone yourself a lot. I know, it's a problem. (laughs) Ugh. Now, for some people, this might sound really appealing. And the next thing it, you might be like, that's disgusting. Either way, don't yuck someone's yum. That's all I gotta say. That's what she says to me. Now you can get a peanut butter, chocolate, hazelnut spread, and banana sandwich from Tortuga Tavern. And if you want to add even more protein to it, you can head over to Westward Ho and get some candied bacon to put on the sandwich as well. Honestly, this sounds delicious. Could be because it's nighttime and my hunger monster wants food, even though I'm not hungry. Now this sandwich is $9.99 and the candied bacon is $9.99, making this incredibly unique sandwich $20. The bacon is $10? Yes. What? I... I heard it's amazing. I heard it's amazing. This better be one amazing sandwich. Like, it stinks that you don't like bananas. And I don't think I could get Joey to split this. I think if a family could like split this as like a really tiny snack and it would be almost like finger sandwiches, like split it into fours. Like, it'd be really cool to just like say, we tried this really niche sandwich. Can you tell him just to put banana on half of it and then I will split it with you? How about we just take the banana off your half and I'll eat it? Because it'll still taste like the banana, Uh, just like my lunches when I was in school. Okay. Well, we'll let the listeners decide. Whether or not you're down for that, I think we can all agree that $20 for a sandwich is pretty steep, so I hope it tastes good for the people who want it. You should look at the picture. It looked pretty yummy. Oh, nuts. (laughs) That doesn't mean you have to get it. And you're also, doesn't your friend Natalie like bananas? That's true. She may split this sandwich with you because she will be with you this time. So have you ever wanted to ride a Segway? I'm afraid that I would kill myself on one. So the answer to the question for me is no, but you can ride a Segway at Disney World. Um, And it's through the nature. You go to the Wilderness Back Trail Adventure at the campsites at Fort Wilderness Resort. And it's a two hour Segway tour. And it includes stops at Disney's Wilderness Lodge, the stables of Tricircle D Ranch, so you get to see some of the horses, and Bay Lake. And while you're on the tour, the cast member guide is going to share fun facts and trivia via an electronic headset. That's fun. And if you've never been on a Segway, they will give you a 30-minute training session. The cost for this is $90 per person, and you will need to wear sturdy shoes to participate in the Segway tour because they're telling you to leave your flip-flops at the resort. They are not safe if you're wanting to ride a Segway. And really, Kaylee, the idea of this sounds wonderful to me. I just really am scared about the Segway because I feel like I'm klutzy. I don't know. For me, like, this is one of those things that right now it doesn't interest me. Like, it's one of those experiences that maybe one day it might, but to me, it just doesn't. On Disney property, that's not what I want to do. You know what I want to do? So I know you can rent the golf cart when you stay at the campground or the cabins 
But I want to know, can I just rent one to drive around that whole area and check it out? And I don't know if that's a possibility, but I might need to call and check on that because that sounds like something interesting that I could do with dad when I go there on our couples trip. That would be fun. I will get back with you listeners in case I get to do that. Moving on to another park, Epcot is very educational, which that was Walt Disney's whole intention. He wanted a park that had some education behind it. The World Showcase allows guests to visit museums from around the world, museums, a term used lightly, without ever leaving the United States. Most guests don't even know that these places exist in the theme park. The Dave Church in Norway has a gallery full of Norse artifacts, as well as exhibits about the Norse gods. You can find out where Marvel got its inspiration for its Asgardians heroes and villains in this place. And if you've never had a chance to visit Shanghai Disney Resort, you can explore it in a different way at the Shanghai Disney Exhibit in China. Or you can learn more about Japanese culture at the Bijusu Khan Gallery in Japan. There's also a great Race Against the Sun exhibit in Morocco. The new immersive experience features displays about two modern day competitions that take place in the Sahara Desert. There's an area dedicated to the Rally of the Gazelles, an all-female off-road rally. In this experience, you can climb behind the wheel for an interactive photo opportunity, and you can look around at helmets, uniforms, and other racing gear that's on display. There's also artifacts showcasing Marathon of the Sands, a six-day ultra-marathon that takes place in the Sahara Desert. It's the length of six regular marathons, which is why it's called an ultra-marathon. That seems insane to me. First of all, they're running in the sand. So good kudos for them because it's hard to run in sand. Have you ever tried that at the beach? Have you ever known me to try to run? Well, I just mean, and yes, you're doing more exercises now, but I mean. I know, but I don't run. Okay, so when <laughs> we go. I exercise, but I don't run. Run, Kaylee, run. So when we go to South Carolina, I just want you to try to run just a little bit and you'll see. But I know what you're saying. Like, it's hard to get any sort of, like... Traction. Yes. Yeah, traction sword. Can you imagine running to uh, six of those, six marathons, six days in a row? I don't feel like ultra marathon is the correct word. (laughs) Like... That would be very fit, people, for sure. Ugh. You would have to be. But but it is really cool. Um, I thought it was interesting because they didn't have a whole lot, like... We do know that they still have in France, they have the uh, Impressions de Francais where you can go in there and watch that little film and it shows stuff about France. So you can learn all about France in there. Now it's also the Beauty and the Beast sing-along. So you're going to have to watch the signs. I wasn't sure they were going to bring it back, but I know that that um, guests were kind of up in arms when they said that they were going to put, they wanted the Beauty and the Beast sing-along, but they also still wanted their impressions. And so... I understand that that's still there. So that's in France. So you need to go around in those countries when you're there. um, If you have time, I know if you have small children, this would be difficult. And I know even when Kaylee and Joey, they were 12 and nine, we didn't take the time to do that just because we just didn't think that it would be something that interests them. But the older that they get and the older that we get, we are learning to appreciate World Showcase much, much more. And I think Kaylee even said that. We like to go in the, um, this is not a museum, but we love to go in the Japanese store just because it has so many unique things in there. We like to try different foods from their country that we don't necessarily have to our accessibility at our stores. Yeah, I would definitely say for some listeners and 
as someone who has definitely like changed the way I eat pretty drastically, like Epcot for me is like a snack park. When we go to Epcot, I don't personally, I don't need a meal like that entire day because purely in the World Showcase, there is enough food and drink to eat that it you will be fine. You'll be satisfied. Even your pickiest eaters because they can get a pretzel. They can get chicken. They can get things that are like moderately normal, even in some of the wildest countries. Like you can go to Germany and get like some version of a hot dog. Even if they have brats, they've got like some Americanized version. You can even take them to the American pavilion and get them some chicken strips. Yeah. (laughs) Barbecue. And so I'm just saying like, I, I know personally, like I never need a meal. Now it's Disney and I probably eat it and then regret it later. It's almost always what happens, but that's one thing I almost always want to share with people who are not, who know that they love food, but they just get full fast. I would recommend not eating a full meal on Epcot day so you can maximize your snacking. And, and we are going to do that this October. And I'm sure you knew that mm-hmm. just be, when it's a, when it's food and wine festival or it's the Christmas festival or it's flower and garden, unless that, you know, you're just set in your mind that you have to eat it. And I know a lot of people always eat at La Cellier um, when they're there. If that's something that you just think you cannot live without, I guess that's okay, but it's going to limit you and you're going to miss out on a lot of other good foods because of the festival has so many good foods. And like Kaylee said, it's fun to go around with people. And um, she was saying that for the sandwich, if we cut it into four pieces, that's kind of what we try to do when we're at one of those festivals is if we get something that somebody else is interested in, then we like cut it up and we all share it. Then that way we get to taste a little bit of everything without making ourselves sick. And that's- Don't get me wrong. I'm still super full by the time we leave. Cause I'm eating like tons of food on vacation, but that way at least I know I'm not gonna like throw up later. <laughs> no, we hope not. Well, thank you Kaylee for helping me today to put this out there to people. Just give them a little insight to what's beyond the parks. Even the tour in the parks is actually beyond the park cause you're gonna be going behind the scenes and things. A few final reminders before we sign off. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can email us at yourstorytravel.com or you can text us at 636-373-4497. If you would like to book a trip or you would just like to hear a free quote, please text mom at 636-373-4497. You can make a ticket and a resort reservation for $200 that is a refundable deposit. You can check us out on our social media accounts. That would be yourstorytravel.com, our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast, or the TikTok account, Your Story Travel. Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show as we dish the latest rumors and news and chat with the gang. As always, thank you for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, The Mousecapades Podcast. Well, I think it's about that time. Disney love and pixie dust. Have a magical day, my friends.